Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, May the 27th. Finally, it looks like we're going to get some sunshine. I'll have more on the forecast for the bank holiday weekend coming up. But first, the owner of a soft play centre near Maidstone says he's fed up with staff being verbally abused just days after reopening. Adventure Kids in Aylesford has been closed for most of the past year and was only able to welcome customers again last week. Session times are having to be limited and seating has been moved to accommodate social distancing. Owner Andrew Moody has been speaking to the Kent Online podcast and says visitors are being unreasonable. We've had a great experience from reopening um, and when it's been really, really welcomed. Um, But what we are finding, the customers are very frustrated. They're very angry and they are taking their frustration and anger out of my staff. My staff are here to... Uh, orchestrate and help everybody where possible. But there are certain customers and certain people who have come in that have just completely and utterly verbally abused my staff. And this is not just on one occasion. This seems to be on a daily occurrence at the moment. And today was the day that obviously I took control of this and posted um, my feelings up on Facebook, being the owner of the company, that my staff should not ever um, be faced with this kind of abuse. If a customer is unhappy about something, all we ask them to do is speak to us in a polite manner and we will fix or change any issues that they may have. But just to verbally abuse my staff for no apparent reason is not acceptable. The people seem to be getting angry at. We are obviously working under restrictions. We have two separate areas. One is our green area, one is our yellow area, and they are our designated seating plans that we have. So at the end of each session, we have time before the next session comes in to completely sanitise that whole area. Now, the yellow section has some chairs on our new seating area, which is up on the first floor, and we have some chairs down on the ground floor. And then in our green area, all of our chairs are down on the ground floor. Now, when the first session comes in at 9.30, they are going to our yellow area, so they will go use the chairs downstairs and also the ones up on our new seating area that we've created. Some customers are com- moaning completely and saying, this is unacceptable that you ask, ask, are asking us to walk up onto a platform in a secure area, we don't want to sit here. And we said, well, this is our seating area, this is what we're doing, we're following all the government guidelines, we've got everything socially distanced and this is what we've created and it's all been signed off by our environmental health officer. Um, so they have been in, they've seen what we're doing and we've presented everything to them. And everything complies, everything is safe, and everything is secure. But what the feeling I'm getting is, every single person wants to sit the shortest distance away from everywhere. Um, And unfortunately, life isn't like that. Um, When you go to Blue Water, you have to park your car in a car park, and you could be just outside M&S, or you could be over the other side of the car park and have a 10 or 15 minute walk back into the centre. But that's acceptable from their point of view. But with us, with us, it's unacceptable. And they are creating and verbally abusing my staff on this. This has been a huge investment that we have put in place over COVID at my expense to make sure that we give our customers what is required for when they return of what we're doing. I and mean, unfortunately, it seems to be the minority that is spoiling it again for the majority. Because if you look on Facebook where I've put my comments and see that other customers have commented 
and said it is unacceptable for these kind of people to come into your place and abuse your staff, the best thing to do would be to ask them to leave. Now, I don't want to get to the stage of having to be like that, but unfortunately, I need to protect my staff, and my staff mean everything to me, as well as my customers, but they are not here to be verbally abused. Well, commenting on this story on Kent Online, Ian Macy says, why people can't follow the rules and just stop whining, I don't know. Small Voice of Reason added, this is a common story across a wide range of businesses at the moment. There isn't just pent-up demand out there, but a pent-up sense of entitlement too. Maidstone resident says, I can't understand the behaviour of some people. They're not setting a good example for their kids. Or perhaps you've noticed something like this as you've been getting out and about a bit more over the past couple of weeks. We'd love to hear your story. Plus, you can still have your say by leaving a comment on that particular story about Adventure Kids or on our socials. Kent Online News. At the top news today, an Tunbridge Wells man who torched a woman's car in a revenge attack has been jailed for more than four and a half years. 32-year-old Byron Rainsford from Hythe Close had earlier posted threats on Facebook, blaming the victim for the arrest of his nephew. The blaze in an underground car park wrecked three cars and caused smoke damage to a flat above. Staff at a children's centre on Sheppey say they had no powers to restrain a teenager who spoke to them just hours before taking his own life. It's emerged 15-year-old Ellis Murphy Richards told a mental health nurse about his intentions and a previous attempt last September but refused to go to A&E. The NHS Trust in charge of the service is facing questions about whether appropriate action was taken. An inquest has been adjourned until next Friday. And if you are affected by anything in that story, you can call Samaritans on 116123 at any time or go to their website, samaritans.org. Two Met Police officers accused of taking photos at a murder scene and sharing them on WhatsApp have appeared in court. The pair were guarding the site where two sisters were stabbed in North London last summer. Their mum, who lives in Thanet, has previously described the images as dehumanising her daughters. The officers are due back in court next month to enter pleas after being charged with misconduct in public office. Now, as you might expect, there has been plenty more reaction today to the revelations from Dominic Cummings about the government's response response to the pandemic. During hours of questioning by MPs yesterday, the former advisor to the Prime Minister accused the Health Secretary of lying and said the country was let down. Well, first, let's hear from Matt Hancock, who's been speaking in the Commons. These allegations that were put yesterday and repeated by the right honourable gentleman are serious allegations, and I welcome the opportunity to come to the House to put formally on the record that these unsubstantiated allegations around honesty are not true. Next, let's get some analysis from Claire Persol, who worked as a former special advisor when Theresa May was Prime Minister and is now a councillor in Ash and New Ash Green. She's been speaking to our political editor, Paul Francis. I think it is going to cause quite a lot of damage. Uh, The axe seems to be falling squarely on uh, Matt Hancock's shoulders at the moment. But putting aside the current government, I think this is now affecting every single government in the future. You are seeing uh, a government that didn't have plans in place, and that doesn't matter of the political persuasion. The factor is that people aren't going to trust the government any further with any kind of big decision making. It was always going to be pretty explosive stuff, but a scenario has unfolded in which it looks like Downing Street was in sort of semi-permanent chaos in the early weeks and months. 
Well, it does. And I, and I think most people would understand that chaos would be a factor. None of us had ever seen the likes of this before. So I think it would be unfair to say that, you know, there would there should be no chaos because we didn't know what we were dealing with and we didn't know what was going to come. So I think a little bit of chaos is probably a good thing and it gets people focused. But this seemed to spiral off into absolute chaos, which has led us to where we are today with such the high death toll that we've got. Uh, I mean, it does seem that it's obvious personality clashes between uh, Cummings and the health secretary and to a certain extent uh, towards the prime minister. Uh, is this a, a case of settling scores from Dominic Cummings or do you think he's acting in the interests of what this inquiry about is what lessons can be learned? It's, it's a really interesting question. He obviously does have some settle, uh, some scores to settle, um, but in amongst all of the headline grabbing uh, pieces that we've had, there are some really serious points that he's made. The lack of a plan in place, the cabinet office being in disarray, nothing in place for shielding individuals and social care. None of that had been thought of. I think what we will take away though is the fact that everybody appeared to be skiing in February, which to the public is not gonna be a good look. But we didn't lock down early enough. We didn't shut the borders soon enough. And the only good thing that has come out of all of this is the vaccine program. So whether that will be for, you know, foremost in people's minds is yet to be seen. I think this is really potentially quite damaging though. Uh, and what about uh, Boris Johnson as Prime Minister? Is, is his position undermined? And if it is undermined, to what extent is it going to be, as I say, something which he'll be able to uh, roll with, uh, and as is common? Uh, again, this, this, is, this is quite a tough one, because to everybody who is involved in politics, this is quite damaging to him. I think when you go out to the wider public, it, it doesn't quite add up the same way. They will look at it and think this is just grandstanding from Parliament, this is grandstanding of somebody who is effectively a disgruntled ex-employee. But, you know, there will be repercussions. I think he will survive. I think he now needs to reshuffle his cabinet. He needs to make some real decisive moves as to who he puts where to put the trust back into central government once again. And Boris Johnson has insisted he's worked flat out to save lives. Kent Online reports. People living near a lorry park that was built in Ashford to deal with freight after Brexit say the lights are as bright as Wembley Stadium. At Kent Online today, you can see pictures of the nighttime glow from the facility which is near the new junction 10A of the M20. Residents a mile away say it's a monstrosity. The government says floodlights are needed to operate the site safely. 11 people have been arrested in Kent as part of a national crackdown on County Line's drug dealing gangs. Police in the county carried out 16 warrants and seized about £18,000 worth of heroin and crack cocaine. A 15-year-old boy was among six people who were charged. Met Police Deputy Assistant Commissioner Graham McNulty has praised the forces that took part up and down the country. It's not lost to me that officers have worked for months um, on many of these cases, building cases, um, getting their operations ready to go. And it's just important that we can show the public, the work that we're doing, because we know that County Lines has an impact across communities across the country, particularly around the levels of violence. And what this operation has enabled us to do is show that we can make a difference and we can in particular 
tackle the people behind the line. And that was the focus of this week, identifying those line holders. And they're the people in the shadows um, making a profit and they're exploiting children and vulnerable adults to make that money. So really important that we've done this work this week. A New York-style pollinator park and amphitheatre could be coming to Canterbury as part of plans to make more use of heritage sites in the city. It's been suggested the city wall is turned into a green space while the crumbling castle is transformed and Dane John Gardens renovated. Council bosses who want to make it a reality are going to bid for £20 million of government cash. A drive's underway to get more of us volunteering for the Scouts in Kent. The pandemic said to have led to more than 4,500 fewer youngsters in the county taking part over the past year. It's hoped getting 1,200 more adults giving up their time to run sessions will encourage youngsters to come back. Kent Online reports. More than half a million pounds is being spent on doing up one of the most iconic pubs on Sheppey. Royal Hotel in Sheerness is nearly 200 years old and has been bought by two friends from London. It was built back in 1825 by a man who also built parts of the Royal Dockyard in the town, along with London and Waterloo Bridges in the capital. Dreamland opens from today for the summer season. The amusement park in Margate couldn't celebrate its 100th anniversary as planned last year because of the pandemic. A number of events are planned over the next six months, with eight rides open from July. Now at kentonline.co.uk, you can see a video of a rather noisy swan being given a birthday treat at Leeds Castle near Maidstone. Yeah. Yeah, that's Pickles who's celebrating his 30th with a special cake made from his favourite food. Staff reckon he might be the oldest swan in Britain. And after one of the wettest Mays on record, you'll be very pleased to hear it looks like we're going to be in for some hot and sunny weather in Kent over half term. Forecasters are predicting temperatures of up to 24 degrees when the children are off next week. It should also stay dry over the bank holiday weekend. Kent Online Sport. Kent boxer Chivon Clark says he's just focusing on himself ahead of a crucial Olympic qualifier next week. The heavyweight from Gravesend will be travelling to Paris to take on Narak Manasayan. A win would see him through to the Games in Tokyo this summer. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That's going to give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.